Hey everyone, welcome to the Do More Podcast. I am your host, Barrington Williamson. This show is about finding and having real conversations with real people. These are real people with real lives, real problems, and real hurdles, but have chosen not to let those everyday obstacles that we all go through hinder their ability to see a better future for themselves. The guests on this show are not going to all be incredibly wealthy. They're not going to all own businesses or run one for that matter. But what they will all have in common is that they possess this unique courage to make deliberate choices to do more. Do more for their friends, do more for their families, and ultimately do more for their future. On this episode, I get the incredible opportunity of interviewing my man, Dan Kemp. This was really cool because I got a chance to learn about an industry that I knew little about. We talk about what got him there, what gave him the courage to keep going, his parents, his why, and so much more. Disclaimer, some of the audio in this interview is sporadic at times, so I apologize. We did the best with what we have. But if you or someone you know is really good with audio, please, please, please let me know. Um, and with that, please enjoy my conversation with Dan Kemp on a Do More podcast. Hey, Dan Kemp, man. Appreciate you joining. Thanks so much. How you doing, man? I'm beautiful, man. It's 75 and sunny in uh, this mountain town here in Montana. So uh, I was outside soaking up some rays before I came in to talk to you. I'm in a great mood. Oh, Good to hear from you, man. It's been way too long. It has been way, way, way too long. Years, years. And it shouldn't be like this. But um, like I've been talking to a lot of people about um, this time with Corona causing everybody to slow down, sit tight. It's causing me to, to reach out to a lot of different people and, and get involved back into their lives. So I really do appreciate you you joining me on the podcast here. I'm excited, man. We talked before we hit record here about um, what you've been doing most recently there in Montana and before that going to Wisconsin. But a lot of people who listen to this right now may not know who you are. So take some time, introduce yourself, where are you from, where are you currently at right now, and what you do for work. Yeah, right on, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm stoked uh, to be a part of this. So. Uh, my name is Dan Camp. I grew up in central Illinois and uh, Rochester. Um, I went to school with you in Quincy, uh, University in Quincy, Illinois, and we played football together, which was a great time in my life. Uh, and then literally, the, I don't know if you know this, the day after we, I graduated, um, I like packed my car up and I went home, unloaded it, reloaded it, and I moved to Wisconsin to work at a place called Wildman Adventure Resort, which was one of the best things I ever best students I ever made in my life. Um, and I worked there for five years. I spent a winter down in Everglades doing kayak ecotourism trips down there. And now currently I live in a town called Butte, Montana. Uh, I work for a software company that caters to outdoor outfitters called Adventure Office. And uh, I feel like I'm living the dream, man. I <laughs> feel pretty lucky. That's awesome, man. So you, you unpacked a lot right there. You were You went back home, moved to go to Wisconsin, and then you went to Florida in the Everglades, and then now you're in Butte, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. So going from Quincy, I know what Quincy is, and then some people have been on the, the podcast already from the Quincy area um, know how small it can be. But it's very different from the Everglades and outdoorsies of, of Montana, and I guess I would say uh, Wisconsin as well. So what caused you to want to go down that path of being a, a naturist, if, if I, for lack of a better term? 
Yeah, no. Um, you know, I was listening to your talk with Quez uh, yesterday, actually, and he said something that just totally hit home. Um, being like an athlete, especially in like Quincy, small school, pretty much all student athletes for the most part, like everybody knew each other. Um, you kind of had like your identity as an athlete there. And I think for like years and years and years, my identity was Dan Camp, the football player. Uh, and then you complete your senior season and they drop you off. And you're like, man, what is my identity now? Like, do I still go to the weight room? Um, do I still party hard on the weekends? Like, what, what is my niche? Where do I go? And so, like, I struggled with that. And I feel like every, I feel like every college athlete that gets done with their last year of their sport can have a similar story of what do I do next? And um, my dad actually gave me the idea to uh, look at whitewater rafting resorts. And I knew I wanted to do the biggest whitewater possible. Excuse me, but I also had never guided before. I'd spent a lot of time on the water, but um, I never guided. So I found a place called Wildman Adventure Resort, and uh, they were willing to hire me, even though I had never guided before um, on, you know, up to class four whitewater. So uh, that was like a hinge moment in my life where all of a sudden, uh, I'll never forget the first night I pulled up. Uh, it's getting kind of late. I need a couple, we call them dirt bags, you know, people in the industry. Um, people who are still like my best friends now. And I was like, man, I was laying on the floor of this basement. I didn't have time to set up my tent. I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? And I look back at that moment now with just joy because that was the moment where I shifted my identity into someone who kind of builds their whole life around the outdoors. And I was fortunate enough for five years to um, not only be an outdoor adventure guide, I spent that first summer up at Wildman, and then I moved down the other lakes for six months, and then I went back and spent four years straight at Wildman, where I kind of worked my way up uh, to a manager spot, and I got to not only, uh, you know, do these amazing outdoor adventures with people from all over the world, but I also got to help cultivate teams and explore myself and explore the tenets of leadership and uh, being a servant-style leader rather than a hoorah leader. You know, there's a time and place for both, so my identity just completely shifted and changed from sports to the outdoor industry which was you know probably the best thing that's ever happened to me that that's really incredible man <laughs> that is absolutely incredible and it was crazy for me is i have no idea about outdoor like occupations i have no idea how that process even goes about of how to file a job for a job or fill out an application what kind of questions they will ask you uh, what are the prerequisites? And you mentioned that you didn't have any um, guiding experience before joining Wildman. So walk through the whole process from you filling out an application to your first day on the job. Like, What did you have to go through in order to, to seal the deal? I am so stoked we're talking about this because I've had so many people ask me the question, how do I break into this? This seems awesome. Like, If I just said this, it could be amazing. And anybody who approaches me with that question, I say, this is a plug for these guys. I love them. Coolworks.com, C-O-O-L-W-O-R-K-S.com. And it's just a website full of seasonal jobs ranging from a sous chef in the Yellowstone Lodges all the way to guiding class five whitewater. So um, that's where I found Wild Man. That's where I found Sure Adventures, which is who I work for in the, uh, in the Everglades. And most places are at least open to giving you a shot. I know like Wild Man, their philosophy is you can hire uh, – good people and then teach them how to do the trips. So they do like nine different trips. You learn in everything from rock climbing to whitewater rafting, which is pretty cool. So if you're looking to get into it, 
that's the best way to do it. Now, I will say no one in, you know, your college registrar office is going to be like, go work seasonally as a raft guide for, for three months. So you kind of have to, you do have to look for it. It's not, it's not conventional. It's definitely a little bit outside the mold, I guess. Uh, but they're out there and the job field is not only rewarding for yourself, learning to do these skills and building yourself up that way, but you're also, your job essentially is to create an experience for these guests who are coming in. And uh, it might be uh, a mom with three sons that she's raised by herself and she has no idea what to do outside, but she's going to bring her kids there for their one trip of the year to uh, experience the woods. And man, the cool moments, of course, were guiding the whitewater rafts, but some of the most special moments I had were hanging out in the campground with families afterwards and uh, having a beer and talking about things and really connecting. And those are things that people actually remember from those trips. So yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's as easy as looking into it and, and throwing yourself in the ring. No, I like that. And then I'll make sure that I put something in the show notes about how to get to that website. So you mentioned creating experiences and I'm in sales right now and I'm a recruiter. Uh, but I did a lot of different stuff like logistics and stuff like that. And customer service always tends to come up on how you treat people and how people feel after they leave an encounter with you. Um, you mentioned creating experiences for, for people there who were doing these white rider rafts or whatever it may be. Um, is there one event or a particular moment in time that you remember the most as something that you feel most grateful for or was really rewarding to you? I mean, I feel so fortunate to tell you that I have like a whole bag full of those experiences of um, of having beautiful moments with people that are almost you you couldn't recreate them. Um, one, I guess, that stands out to me: there was an alpine climbing tower um, at Wild Man, sixty foot tall, tons of different ways up and down it, and it's a physical challenge, uh, especially for like a forty five year old dad who spent the last five years getting out of shape raising kids. Um, a moment that sticks out with me is that I, I had a moment with a father who had just lost his wife a year or two ago, and he was raising his kids by himself with the grandma. And uh, one of the kids was on the autism spectrum and, you know, struggled to get into these kinds of events due to that. So we were out there one day and it was just me and, I, and the family. And those are, those are intimate moments, man. <laughs> Let me tell you. And it's just you and these people who are terrified of this adventure that you've done a hundred times, so you get to like walk them through it. But his son, with autism, didn't want to do it, didn't want to do it. And he finally talked him up, and he didn't make it to the top even. He made it halfway, and he got up there and got scared. We talked him back down. We repelled him down, and he got down from his climb, and he just told everybody about it the whole time. Like just went around, went around. I saw him for like the next four days, and that's all they talked about. And uh, the dad smiled, and the next year he came, he called me as I was taking reservations. He goes, hey, I'm going to get to the top of that tower this year. I've been working out since that day to get to the top of the tower, and he came back the next year, and he did it. So you can see, like, these different beautiful family dynamics and personal challenges. I really, truly believe that outdoor recreation is a window to a person's soul in a way that you don't really get in a lot of different places. If you don't explore that section of yourself, push yourself a little bit outside of that comfort zone, there's parts of you that just don't get lit up the way that they do when you're doing something like that. Man, that's awesome. That's a that's an awesome story. I definitely definitely need to, to make my own story and get out there. I'm gonna have you as my guide too. Hey, <laughs> anytime you want, buddy. That's just some really incredible stories. So you mentioned that it takes a, a different type of uh, lens to to be able to go outdoors. So when you graduated and your dad was helping you find jobs, what got you interested in the outdoors uh, route instead of 
I'm not taking the traditional route of like getting a job, knowing that you can make a lot of money or a ton of money or whatever it may be, whatever is most important for you at that time. But what caused you to, to take one route versus the other? Yeah, that's a great question because anybody, I guess I should have said this before, if you're looking to make a lot of money, it's not necessarily the field to do it in. Um, but what you do become rich with is like the experiences. I know it sounds cheesy as hell, but uh, you get to build those kind of experiences that we just talked about. I have never been one that was overly motivated by money, I guess. Uh, I am intensely motivated by being around people. Uh, and I'm intensely motivated with um, doing fun things. <laughs> I mean, to be completely transparent with you, I hate working. I hate it. I want to have fun all the time. I want to be doing cool things and having fun and making connections with people. So when my dad, I originally wanted to be a National Park Service uh, interpretational ranger, but those jobs are kind of hard to come by. I didn't realize that uh, when I was you know, making those decisions in college. Um, but once I got shut down from all of those, that's when my dad was like, hey, look for another way to share your passion for these things uh, in the outdoor industry, maybe a different avenue, maybe unconventional to what you thought of. He mentioned a story to me about when he went and did whitewater rafting on the Pigeon River in Tennessee. And uh, the kid lived in a hammock all summer. And I was like, man, that sounds pretty cool. And in the, in the meantime, I can be uh, taking steps to you know, further my career in the National Park Service or something along those lines. And then I caught the bug, man. I started doing the seasonal work, and I was like, this is, this is the dream. You know, I don't need a lot of money because I'm living in a little you know, A-frame hut, and I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. I'm around great people, and I'm doing stuff that I love every day. So I guess once I fully was immersed in that, uh, things changed for me. I also had, like, realizations about myself where I kind of felt like a false identity, where I was trying to fit, like, two molds at once. And it took a really bad breakup with my college girlfriend, you know, to cause me to reflect on myself and look back and be like, okay, you have a chance right now to reinvent who you are and be a better man. So I guess, you know, it takes a moment like that for you to fully become introspective and put yourself on the right path. So I'd say like a mixture of my dad raising me in the outdoors, getting into it, and then doing some soul searching for myself. Those were like the perfect storm of why I feel so comfortable in this industry, I guess, and in the outdoor world. Well, that's cool. And that brings me to my next question, which is, I'm glad you talked about him as your dad. Um, I know if I personally tell my dad that I'm going to live in the parks and be a park ranger or uh, conduct events on the whitewater rafts, he may not ever talk to me again. <laughs> so he'll tell me to get a real job. So tell me about like your relationship with your dad and the dynamic you guys have. Yeah, I mean, you've met my dad. I think I got a picture of you guys on uh, top of a tabletop together from college. You, you do. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, he is a bigger-than-life personality. Him and my mother both. I absolutely hit the lottery with my parents. Um, I talk a lot about my dad because he's the one that brought me into the outdoor industry, and he's just such a flamboyant character that everybody sees him. But my mom is, is an angel, too. I mean, the two of them together, what a powerhouse team for parenting. I couldn't honestly ask for anything better um my relationship with my dad is special because i think a lot of people say like don't be friends with your kids like it's a difficult tightrope walk but my dad always approached it as we're gonna be best buds and i think that's the reason why we're still so close now uh it's the reason why like i respect and look up to my dad in the way that i do and our adventures ever since i was a kid man were outdoors we went fishing uh my first big trip as a kid i was i think 
turning five years old, and we did a two-week trip from Springfield, Illinois, up around Lake Michigan, Wisconsin, the UP of uh, Michigan, up to Lake Superior, and all the way back down. So it was uh, an amazing trip. And ever since then, I mean, we were camping, we were fishing, hiking. Growing up in central Illinois is not really like a mecca for for uh, outdoor adventure, but, man, you, you couldn't have told me that as a kid because we were always out doing fun stuff, whether it was, you know, throwing frisbee in the backyard or going on a, a three-day fishing trip or something like that. So he was the one that cemented it into me. And then um, something I like to talk about when people ask, like, about my parents and my upbringing, you know, the more you read about what happens as a child, like how that guides you as an adult, um, and more I look back and I reflect, and I'm like, what did my parents do better than anybody? And they instilled, ever since I was a kid, they told me I could do anything, anything. It was amazing. Talk about a support system. I could do anything as long as I worked at it uh, and, and put my heart and soul into it. So that was that was a guiding light, man. And they supported me literally every step. My parents didn't miss a college for They didn't miss one. They traveled to every single one of them. I, I can't say enough about um, the way I was raised and, and the people that did it. So. That's awesome, man. I, I've I've had my encounters with your dad, and he is he is definitely the goat, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Um, and he, he treats you just like you're a peer, and I think that's the, the coolest thing about him. Like you mentioned, um, you guys were best buds, and he felt like he was a, a best friend to, to me as well. I know a lot of people could test to that, so that's that's pretty awesome. Have they have your dad? He's got a big heart, man. He does. Um, has your dad and your mom came out to any adventures with you? Every single one of them. I. I laugh about this because I joke around that I'm going to continue doing this because it's the only way my mom will uh, willingly get into it. Uh, so she's done – I mean, her and my dad were in the front of the whitewater rafts this last summer uh, paddling away. We were all together. I think the last two summers they sat in the front. Uh, and this was from my mom. The first year I started doing whitewater rafting, she would only sit in the back, and uh, she had to be, like, close to me to go. So she has definitely branched out. Uh, my dad obviously was a little bit more adventurous than my mom. Uh, but that's the beautiful thing is that anywhere I go, they'll come and see me, and we go on these grand adventures. There's only been one time, believe it or not, where I thought she was going to kill me, and that's because I mistimed the uh, the tides down the Everglades, and a boat got stuck in the sand. So I deserved that one. That was my fault. <laughs> no, I know. Well, stuck in the sand, Dan. Come on now. <laughs> well, your time as an instructor and with your time as a whitewater rafting guide, what would you consider um, your biggest takeaways throughout this whole experience? Yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway for me was I've always enjoyed being like a hoorah style leader, uh, like bring the energy, bring the joy, uh, fire people up. I've been naturally gifted with, with that ability. Uh, my boss, all my bosses at Wildman, I should say, really challenged me to look inward at uh, servant style leadership, where um, you're focusing more on the people than you are on the show of yourself, you know. Uh, I think anybody that knows me could say, like, this guy's got a pretty big ego. Uh, it's something that I'm aware of, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, it's something that I'm definitely, like, in these last couple of years really been reflecting on. And I found a lot of uh, happiness in, in taking the servant-style leadership model and applying it to the people that uh, are getting out into the outdoors. Now, the people who can set these trips up and do them themselves typically do. So most of my interactions were with people who were either very green in the outdoor world or uh, you were friends with somebody and they didn't even know what was going on. They just signed the waiver, you know. Um, so I had a lot of experiences where you were the ultimate um, leader to these people as they climb into this whitewater raft with you. They just met you a minute ago up at the uh, bus, and now you're going to take them through the biggest whitewater in the, in the Midwest. So it's a humbling 
uh, beautiful experience to take that group of people. And you've got the people who are gung-ho, you've got the people who are scared, and then you've got grandma who didn't even know she was coming on the trip. And you got to kind of, um, you got to kind of, I guess, guide the raft for them, uh, take them and, and, and provide the experience that everybody's kind of want. Um, so I'd say that's like number one for me was the servant style side of things. And then I guess on the flip side is, you know, much like football or athletics or any, any team aspect, when you're working um, with all your other guides, you do have a really nice like family style team. So I learned a lot in um, my leadership styles there, how to motivate people, how not to motivate people, uh, how to build relationships um, in and out of work. Because the most unique thing about working at these resorts, man, is that everybody pretty much lives there too. So not only are you working with these people, you're all living in tents together all summer. Um, you're sharing the same common spaces. You're hanging out pretty much every night. So you, it's a delicate, you know, tightrope to walk between, uh, you know, work side, play side, and, and all those fun things in between. So uh, leading not just your, your groups, but leading your people so every day is as smooth as possible have been really worthwhile lessons for me. Nice. And, yeah. and, on, and learning all that stuff, what would be uh, two or three things that you recommend people understanding before they – uh, take on that adventure of joining the outdoors, whether it be just to take a random trip or to um, actually get involved in that uh, community? Uh, be, I guess, number one, be prepared to stink a little bit. <laughs> That's the most beautiful part of it. Um, there are times where you're on these trips or you're just so caught up in the adventure that all of a sudden it's three or four days and you haven't showered or even thought about it once. Um, so I guess embrace the stink is, uh, is one of my bits of advice. Um, Two is slow down. Um, I have missed so much in my life because I wasn't taking a deep breath and actually enjoying what was around me. Um, an adventure and in life, anything that you're doing, if you put your head down, uh, my girlfriend right now, she, she yells at me every time I'm hiking and I'm looking at my feet. She's like, hey, pick your head up. And I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Pick your head up every now and then, take a deep breath and like look where you're going because it's pretty beautiful. Uh, there's, there's these spots pretty much everywhere in your life that you can pick your head up and, and check that stuff out. So that'd be, uh, number two for me. Uh, and number three is go for it. Like full send. Absolutely. If you're thinking about it, uh, I mean, obviously don't do anything, but, uh, if you're thinking about it and it's, it's a calculated risk and you're thinking about hopping into an adventure that you've never done before, but you feel that those butterflies holding you back and it's scary. My best advice is to step off that platform, like get out there and go do it. Because no one ever went out there and was like, man, I'm, I'm sad that I went with my best friends to go whitewater rafting. You know, that's just not something that happens really. So uh, <laughs> get out there, get out there and like step out of your comfort zone. Go into those growth zones and enjoy those adventures that you might miss out on if you don't. Man, speaking to you has just been a, a lesson in golden nuggets. Man. You have been dropping some wisdom just about life in general, just based on your encounters with the outdoors. So I definitely really need to make it a, a priority to create an experience outside, whether it be with you on one of your trips or just in general, because it seems based on my conversation with you so far that a lot of things that we go through in life can be, um, I guess, alleviated by spending some time outside, like slowing down, looking up, um, enjoying the time that you have right there. It just forces you to to be more appreciative. So, man, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to educate us on this. What is – um? Hey. What is one thing that you want to be um, uh, mindful for going forward? Like, what what are some of the goals that you got uh, in the next couple of years that you want to achieve? Whether it be 
do your outdoors or do park conservation, whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, like, the ultimate end game is to be, uh, this is a long shot, a long shot, but bear with me. I want to be remembered like people remember Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Wow. That guy's a legend, right? I mean, what do you think of when you think of Steve Irwin? Just the GOAT. Like, he did everything. He, the GOAT. He, him and Jeff Foreman that a lot of people don't talk about, but Steve Irwin right. and Jeff Foreman are, are my two. I, I, just, I used to want to be, like, a, a crocodile hunter because of Steve Right, and, and like, think about uh, how how much Steve Irwin loved everything he did. Like, that, that guy brought passion to everything. He did. Everything. You can hear his wife, Terry, talk about him now, and she won't even think about, like, dating people because she's like, I had my true love. I had my romance story. Like, that is such a beautiful legacy to have, in the my opinion. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's amazing. So someone like Steve Irwin is, like, my moonshot, right? You got to have your moonshot. Um, what I, I guess it's like the foundation of all that. I want to I be remembered as somebody who, who was passionate and who loved really deeply and who uh, cared about people. So in between that, you mix in the outdoor stuff just because I think it's easiest to love people outdoors. Um, it's just kind of like natural. You get people at their best. Uh, you, you experience struggles that you wouldn't necessarily experience other places, but you do that with people and you build these bonds. And it's just such an incredibly powerful, moving place and and we've talked a lot about like high adventure um but an adventure for some people is taking a walk through your local park um it could be getting back on your bike it could be taking a little hike uh at a state park that's 45 minutes away it doesn't have to be a class five whitewater rafting trip um so like taking those experiences sharing them with people i think sharing outdoor experiences is really the diamond of of everything that encompasses outdoor adventure is is being able to take those bonds and build them um and foster new experiences with people rather than there is there's power of being by yourself don't get me wrong but um if you want to build a true bond with somebody do those things together yeah uh, that is that is amazing me and my uh my girlfriend and i we don't go out out in outdoors or anything like that but every wednesday we have date night and that's just that is just the thing we don't we don't schedule anything that can conflict with it um so after we get out uh, uh working out we'll do something for date night but we, we it definitely is um, attesting to what you just said by creating those events with people uh, is definitely most in, important. So man, I, again, I appreciate you coming through and, and spending some time with us. Where can uh, where can people find you? Do you have social media that people get? Uh, I do. Yeah, um, I actually am relaunching my website right now. Actually, uh, so it's dancamp.net. I'm gonna be doing. Um, a podcast as well as uh, weekly blog posts starting within like the next month or two. I'll be doing that. Yeah. So don't be, uh, don't be shocked when I give you the uh, reciprocal call here. And call <laughs> I would love um, so that's one spot. Uh, and then I'm on all socials. Uh, Instagram is probably where I'm most um, active. It's just at Dan T camp uh, on there. And uh, the thing I wanted to, to mention here at the end is that, Anybody who wants to break into this industry or has questions about being in the outdoors or creating their own adventure, I am so encouraging for those people to reach out to me and to uh, ask those questions. I've had several people do it in the past, and I've, I've just absolutely loved um, my time pointing people in the right direction out here. So anybody that's listening, shoot me an email, uh, find me on social, uh, go to my website, and we'll talk. I love it, man. Well, again, Dan, I really appreciate your time. Uh, joining us, introducing people to the outdoor world. Um, if anybody it has any questions, I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes, a link to your Instagram, the website, 
and then um, I look to hopefully be able to get you on uh, the podcast again and eventually set up a time for us to explore the outdoors together. So, again, man, appreciate you, and uh, I love you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, love you back, man. I love that. All right, man. Take it easy.